0: Okay. We stretched. We're good. We ate. Now let me shake off a heel here. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We're going to be talking about building your brand in this session, building your brand. Um, my name is Esther Ayurinde Iyamu. I got to get used to that new last name. I just got married. Why, thank you. Why, thank you. Um, And I am a proud advisory board member for ShakeOut. Uh, My background is I spent 16 years in big tech working for a company called Cisco and all kinds of roles you can think of and rose up into the executive ranks at the company before recently leaving in March to start my own company. Uh, My company is called Growth Queen. We help get black, brown, you name it, any underrepresented minorities into tech sales jobs Why? It is one of the highest paid jobs in the United States today. I made my first million at 29 working in tech sales. First line, tech sales. Anyone can do it if you're passionate enough and you have a specialization or a focus in a particular area and you love solving problems with people, which athletes are extremely uh, well-suited to be doing. Um, outside of tech and business, I also danced for seven years in the NFL and NBA and was the first um, uh, black captain for the New York Jets. And we have some incredible panelists with us, um, and I don't want to butcher any of their backgrounds, and so I'm going to welcome you to also share a bit from your perspective because, you know, these incredible journeys here that I have on my cue cards don't do it justice. Um, but, Chiquis, we're going to start with you, if that's Okay. Um, this woman, my gosh, uh, if you look at her background, talk about sports PR killing the game. She comes from the industry, she has been in those shoes, and now she is looking to represent. Can you share a bit about your story?
1: Yes, thank you so much. Good evening, everyone, well, good afternoon. I am Jaquise. I go by JQ. I'm a former college athlete. I played on the Division I, JUCO, and Division II level. Um, after I graduated from Liberty with my masters, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my career, so decided to buy this cheap camera, and you know traveled the world, uh, visited, or you know did some highlight filming for the Nike Eybl, the Adidas, McDonald's All American, and they were seeing all the great things that I was doing, and you know asked me to continue to come back to interview the top high school athletes at the time that are now in the NBA. Um, but as I was noting some things that was going on behind the scenes, I made the transition from being in front of the camera to behind the camera as a sports PR manager. Uh, So I have my own business, JQ Sports PR, here out of Atlanta, Georgia. And I work with athletic brands and high school athletes, college and pro athletes with their branding and their marketing. And I also help families with the recruiting process.
0: That's awesome. Can you guys help me welcome JQ, please? My goodness. Just incredible. Thank you for taking this time with us. Darian. Darian, Darian. NCAA athletes, D1 and D2 also, which I was loving, um, and then turned entrepreneur and you're changing the game. Can you tell us about your story?
2: Absolutely, Um, thank you Esther. So my name is Darian Cartharn, Um, originally from Columbus, Ohio, former professional athlete. I played in multiple countries, Finland, Russia, Bosnia, Serbia, Argentina, Uruguay. (laughs) UAE, Finland, everywhere, right? So the reason I bring that up is because when I first finished school, I didn't know what to do. And I was reaching out to agents, trying to connect with the right people, and nobody really wanted to believe in me. So what I had to do was start my own company and became an agent in a sense for myself. So I negotiated and managed my own contracts. And as I was playing, similar to what LeBron is doing with uh, Clutch, He's involved with athletes' careers. So while I was overseas, I was helping other guys manage their contracts. So I actually um, negotiated my first deal in college. I helped every senior that didn't have a full ride. I went to athletic director and negotiated for all of them to get full rides. That's incredible. Plus meals, plus everything else they needed. So from there, I transitioned and became a consultant and sports manager. I represent over 50 athletes in 35 countries right now. Also, like Esther, I'm in uh, the medical technology space in, uh Silicon Valley, so I train surgeons on robotic technology, I work in machine learning, AI and AR, so very technical sales and build robotic programs at hospitals, so I'm very passionate about helping men and women transition to medical technology, sales jobs, as well as make better decisions on a day-to-day basis in their careers.
0: Ooh, looks like we're collaborating with Growth Queen, I love it.
2: Guys, help me welcome Darian.
0: Thank you so much. I love it. I love it. Madame Tiffany Kelly, CEO and founder of Cure Story. If you listened to the other panel uh, that was up here, you heard a little bit about her journey. But I'm not going to do it justice. Uh, So if you could share a little bit about your story.
3: Yeah. Hello, everyone. Um, Former LSU Athletics, former Miami Heat, former ESPN. um, Was a data scientist at all of those. So former life. Uh, Programming behind the scenes. um, Built the ESPN College Football Fan Happiness Index. And then now I run my own media creator economy tech startup called Story. So, short and sweet, I've raised some money, you know. Just a little, (laughs) like $2.1 million, (laughs)
0: totally okay. Totally fine. Um, Welcome, can can we welcome Tiffany, please? Awesome, we're gonna have a great conversation. So, you know, one of the the things that is pretty interesting about building a brand is it's completely changed now with this digital first economy. Um, I I have a talk that I do often at corporations called the interview before the interview and the importance of your digital brand. Um, And there are companies, there are executives that don't know the story, not to mention athletes. Uh, who have really grown up in this digital-first uh, world. Um, but I do want to share some stats that really stood out to me um, about building your brand in digital-first world. So there are 7.7 billion people on the planet today. 4.3 billion of those people are currently engaging in this $13 billion social influencer market online. They're online on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, you name it. Uh, engaging on social media today. And those eyeballs are making a decision on who you are. So it's important that you're writing that story and telling that story for yourself uh, because it's gonna get written either way, right? Um, for each of you, a question if you could answer. What, like, What's a personal brand from your perspective and um, how do you or have you in your career
3: contributed to that personal brand? Love the stats. Data science. Gotcha. Um, I think a personal brand intersects what you're good at, what you're passionate about, and I mean, does not make money too? <laughs> That's kind of important. Um, but I feel like I kind of just like randomly fell into mine. Um, I knew I wanted to work with an NBA front office, um, and ultimately got to do that for a season, but. It wasn't until I um, presented at a hackathon, MIT Sloan, if if any of you know what that is, um, where I was, it was called the hustle difficulty complex, so I was basically quantifying points allowed um, on the offensive end and then points defended, like stopped on the defensive end from NBA players just by hustling. And then ESPN hired me and like, 30 days after that, and so that was really just quantifying hustle, the intangibles of sports, because I feel like so many times people talk about who's gonna win the game, who's the best player, Um, but there weren't a lot of algorithms actually just talking about the intangibles. Um, So kind of fell into that, and then when I got to ESPN, built the Fan Happiness Index, which is also an intangible, too, so um, just in my bio, like my brand is combining human traits and data science. Um, so yeah, I feel like it intersects those three things, but also just what you are the most interested in and I kind of I guess what kind of finds itself within your life as well. So that's yeah. why I would define it. You
0: know, it's funny, with your story, Tiffany, the thing that stands out the most is you found the through line yeah. across mm-hmm. your interests to then write your brand, the intersection of you know, the athletic world and data science. You kind of wrote that as your brand, which is awesome.
2: Darren, how about you? Um, You know, for me, personal brand is like, starts with who you are. You know, I think anybody you talk to, anybody you're in a relationship with, anybody you do business with, anybody that's looking to hire you, they want to know why you and what makes you different. You know, if you look at Silicon Valley CEOs across the board, they're not the smartest people. They're not the most technically savvy they have the highest level of emotional intelligence. So I think if you add that as a part of your personal brand, how do you make decisions under pressure? And I think every athlete in the room specializes in that, but how do you tell that story? Like Esther mentioned, you know, it's all about really like articulating yourself to other people. So when you walk in a room, what's your, what's your why? Or who are you in one or two sentences? You know, and I think I branded myself with emotional intelligence. You know, Me going into a hospital, training surgeons who've been doing something for years, you get into the middle of a case, something bad happens. How do you respond? You know, are you going to respond the correct way, the way the company has trained you to or are you going to lose it all? So I think in any situation that you're dealing with and when I talk to my athletes it's like, look, if you really want to move forward in life, you got to tap into your network, right? They always say our net our net worth, our network is our net worth. But at the end of the day it's all about what your self-worth is first and what you've built up so you can actually take and withdraw a lot of that bank of deposits that you've put in over the past 10 years, 20 years. So, when I first got started in Silicon Valley, I actually got in through a former college coach who I hadn't talked to in years. I hadn't played for him in over 10 years, but he sought me out and said, look, these things that you were doing at 17, 18, 19, when I was sitting in your mom's living room, talking to you and recruiting you, you actually carried those things out over the course of your career. those exact um, qualities will make you very successful over here. So I think before you talk about building a brand for a business, define who you are first. When you go sit down in a meeting, have lunch, have dinner, they're looking at who is this person that I'm bringing on my team. So.
0: Amen to that, amen to that. And, And the powerful piece of what you mentioned is your brand carries with you. Whether you want it to or not, people are watching, people are noticing and as consistent as that brand stays, your network is, they're gonna describe you in that same way, right? And that's how opportunities find you, by what brand you set, it's incredible. JQ, how about you? What is personal brand to you?
1: So you guys have already touched on a few few of my pointers, but, and so many people have different ways of describing what a personal brand is. And when I coach my young athletes, primarily high school athletes, is being who you are, being your authentic self. Nowadays, people can tell through the BS. They know when you're putting on. They know when you're faking it. And I find it so much easier when you're being who you are. You can find your way or navigate through this, you know, journey of building a personal brand. Because you don't have to fake it. You don't have to put on. You don't have to be somebody that you're not. And I know for me, when I graduated college, after I, played my four years of college basketball, I knew I wanted to be in sports, but I didn't know what that looked like. So I was finding different things. I was I interned for the Liberty Football Athletics Program as the marketing director. At the same time, I was also coaching a high school girls basketball team. And at the same time, I was also a, a producer for a local TV show. And I, at that time, I still didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I wanted to be in sports. And along that journey, I found out that JQ or Jaquez, if you could just be who you are, eventually you're gonna find out what, you're going to, what you wanna pursue. And I would say when you're building a personal brand, you, know, you wanna be the same person that you are on social media and off social media. And I tell my high school athletes, you know, when you're in the game, if you're very encouraging, you're you know, motivating your teammates, but off the court or off the field, you're not being personable, you don't talk to them, people can tell when you really care. So just being your authentic self and being consistent with that.
0: Yeah, so important, so, so important. Um, Consistently authentic is what I heard. Being consistently authentic is the best thing you can do for your brand, incredible. So this next question I'm gonna ask is, all right, you know who you are, you've got your brand. How on earth do you differentiate yourself And I'll open that up with um, a bit of a story. So I think I shared with you, I danced in the NFL and NBA for seven seasons. And after retiring, I took on a sales role where I now had to go sell to the NFL and NBA and uh, major sports leagues, um, as well as uh, media companies. And the thing that made the difference is that I had been on the other side. I'd been... In game day operations, and I knew working for a technology company how technology was going to help. You know that car crash that happens with every single NBA, NFL play, right? Between players, I knew what technology could do to help them on the sidelines um, that my peers just couldn't. Like they couldn't go have that conversation with owners of of teams, um, which led to me being able to double our business that year and make a whole lot of money that year. Um, what what things have you seen across your life, career, or even just your personal lives that has helped you differentiate yourself?
1: I know for me, again, being a former college athlete, you know, working with young athletes, working with athletes across the board, but also parents, they realize that I'm speaking their language. Even though I'm a female, I might, you know, have a male client, but we're still an athlete at the end of the day. We go through the same obstacles, We go through a similar journey. We have the same experiences. So being a former college athlete and being able to speak from a former athlete and now a businesswoman, I feel that puts me in the lead Uh, because there are so many talented, great PR agents or PR managers here. But I think what makes me different is if my client asks me, JQ, my my trainer, um, you know, he, he can't make it today in the gym. Can you come and rebound for me? I'm going to be that person. I'm going to come in the gym and rebound for you. I'm not just going to handle your, your branding and your, you know, your, your interviews and accompany you on special appearances, but I'm going to also be that person that you need to be, you know, when you need that help in the ba- on the basketball court or the football field. So just finding what makes you different is going to make you stand out.
0: Very, very powerful. What makes you different is going to make you stand out. Karen, how about for you? What, what do you feel like in your career has helped differentiate you?
2: Um, three things come to mind for me. It's perspective, emotional intelligence, which I touched on, and then I think uh, financial security. And, and I'll explain why. Um, so whether you're in sales or you're an athlete, right, if any of you guys are under contract and it's incentive-laden and you need to get certain metrics to get paid next year, that's a lot of pressure. Sales is the same way. So for me, the perspective is I've been all over the world, which is why I mentioned the countries at the beginning. Um, I've dealt with a lot of different things, language barriers, still needing to get business done. I cut my teeth in international business out the gate. That was the first job I had, was managing myself and other athletes. Um, second piece is just perspective of the things I've dealt with. I try to look at everything very analytical. So I know if I have a quota, which as an athlete, we all got quotas. They don't they don't call it a quota, but they call it a quota. I mean, but it is a quota. So One of the ways I took pressure off of myself to perform at the highest level is I learned the skill of investing. You know, I learned how to find passive income, I learned how to invest, I also learned how to trade. I actually built my company and funded myself. So if I'm behind on some metrics at work, I'm not as worried and I'm not shooting every jump shot with the pressure of, man, I gotta make this or I'm not gonna get the next deal because I got money coming in on the side that's, That's either equaling or doubling what I'm making. So now I can truly go out there and play for the love of the game. Or I can truly go out here and sell and have a company's best interests without doing things that are unethical. Because sometimes you face that in sales roles, right? And these are some of the questions they ask in their interview process without asking. So for me, one income is too close to none. So I try to find 24 different streams of income. That doesn't mean 24 businesses. It could be 24 stocks. It could be puts and calls, it could be straddles, it can be, you know, real estate, your brand. I try to find as many ways to bring different things in, so sometimes I forget I got a job. (laughs) And, and, you know, that's what you want. Sometimes you want to forget that you got this team on your back, so you can just go out there and do it, you know. I really look at guys like LeBron, uh, Warren Buffett, Floyd, Mayweather, um, and just see what they do and you can see the differences. Watch their performance of the top athletes in the world and then see what they're doing outside of the game and you will find a place you need to you need to be for yourself, you know. Ooh,
0: financial literacy makes it to where you don't have to work for money. You can just do what you love.
3: I love that. So passionate. Love it. I think or I differentiated myself by running away from the status quo and paying attention to what honestly no one really wanted to pay attention to. Um, And as I mentioned, like, former life data science, everyone cared about which players were the best, what team was gonna win the game, and then just focusing on the intangibles actually, I mean, just skyrocketed my career. My first day at ESPN, um, literally right after rookie camp, we went to a meeting with the magazine, and that's when they were talking about the Fan Happiness Index, and so, my former manager was like, hey, like, don't spend too much time on this. We don't think it's gonna like be anything important. We just wanna like get your feet wet and see what you can do, coding-wise. Um, and I was just like, no, this is super cool, actually. And so I put time in, like built it over three months, and then it got over a million views within 24 hours. Got a meeting with John Skipper like, right after. Um, and he, he literally came out and was just like, this is what the type of things that we need to be doing at ESPN. And so I think focusing on things that people are ignoring in your industry um, is a big way to differentiate yourself. And then also, that carries over to what I'm doing today at CuraStory. Um, I feel like there's a lot of creator economy, influencer marketing companies that just have not come from the media space, like whether it be the founder or... Um, people that are running the company, it's like, I wouldn't be able to build Curisory if I didn't work in media. Like, creators are media companies at the end of the day. Um, Building your brand is like building a media company, and so just having that knowledge has been able to just help us grow really quickly um, to where I love investor dinners, like when people are drinking, because that's when the real real stuff comes out. But... um, there was an investor in the sports space, and I think there's over like 300 companies in NIL, and um, just like NIL specifically right now, and so he was saying, he's like, yeah Tiff, like, we all talk, you're the only company out of the 200, 300 that we think has like actual exit opportunity. Which is just, I mean, that's pretty awesome to hear from an investor, and just knowing that that's kind of known within the industry, but yeah, it just goes back to focusing on things that People don't really focus on um, and differentiating myself that way. It's incredible. It's incredible. Focus on the thing that no one else is focused
0: on and go make that incredible. I love it. Okay, so we talked a little bit about social media. Um, LinkedIn, in particular, if everybody's not on LinkedIn, there are 700 million plus people already on it, so get on that. Yeah. Uh, most recruiters are probably hiring from there, um, so you're gonna wanna get on that. I'm sure everybody here is on it already. Can you all talk about how you've leveraged social media to impact your personal
3: brand? Do you wanna start too? Yeah, um, so funny, I was at a founder event, asked a Gen Z person about LinkedIn, he looked at me like I was a boomer. (laughs) Uh, He's like, Twitter, I was like, "Mm, yeah, I have it, but, and Instagram's personal, but, um, yeah, I mean, we, we preach this, obviously we're a creator economy company, so, we preach this constantly, um, but I think it's, it's super important um, just with putting yourself out there on social media, having all of your channels. Um, I, I mean, I post on social media, but not a ton, only just really for the company and um, pushing the company forward and things that I care about, but, you yeah, know, that's where creator economy social media through and through.
2: Um, for me, I think social media is very important. You know, When I was playing, um, when I was still playing actually, one of the ways that I kept teams engaged was after every single game, I would create my own highlight and I would always post it on, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. And it wasn't about me getting something from each post. It was more so like I'm in front of people. And I knew that every other player wasn't doing that. Sometimes as athletes, we can be hard working, but we can be lazy on the business side. So I was like, look, I'm gonna separate myself by every single game I'm putting a highlight tape together. And with the athletes that I can for, I make them do the same thing. I could sit here and have my team create this stuff, but I want y'all to develop skills. So when your career's done, you can go to huddle and you say, hey, look, I got a portfolio of five years of film that I've done myself. Also, I create jobs for my guys. So we know once again, sometimes athletes can be lazy, especially when they're playing. So it's like, hey, look, this guy over here wants a highlight tape You don't wanna do it, that's gonna be two hundred fifty dollars for my guy over here, company will take ten percent. And now one of my players can do twenty of those films in a year, how much extra money is that gonna be for him? And then when he's done, he has a resume. So I think social media plays a big part, but also I think being in rooms like this and off of social media is even more important. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we forget the social aspect of just being outside. You know, you gotta get outside, you gotta live and, and, and get in front of people to make a real impact
1: probably telling you guys my age when I'm about to say, but I know when I was playing in college, we didn't have, well, social media wasn't big. And I look back and I say to myself, if social media was popping when I was playing ball, I probably would have got more scholarships. Uh, when I'm working with these athletes and the parents, you know, I stress to them that the college recruiting has changed. You know, coaches are spending more time on social media. And, you know, you have some athletes that are in these small towns. They're not getting exposure um, like, they, like they would like to, and it's because they're not utilizing social media. But when I, when I tell them, when you put yourself out there, now you're exposing yourself to millions of coaches, millions of brands and companies. Short story, I have a client. Um, his name is Jackson Sutherland. He plays uh, uh, Christ the King in New York. And his mom has been doing a very great job of building his brand, but they wasn't utilizing social media to the point where this 14-year-old had started his own nonprofit um, sock foundation. And at the time, he wasn't getting any type of interest from brands or supporters, but then when they hired me, we were able to get Bombiz. Bombiz is a leading sock um, company in the U.S. that their mission is to give back to the local community. And when Bombas saw all of this work that we had put in to, to, to expose himself to you know, giving back to the community, the homeless community at that, they wanted to be a part of that. Next thing we know, um, James Johnson from the, uh, from the uh, Brooklyn Nets, he wanted to be a part of it. Dwayne Wade, his sock company. So just putting his brand out there and telling the world, I am Jackson, this is what I like to do, and this is my mission, has brought so many opportunities for him. And when I tell athletes, look, when you're on social media, it's okay to, you know, show off your drip or whatnot, but you need to think further than that. You know, when you're, after you play college basketball, if you don't have the opportunity to play at the next level, start thinking about, do you want to start your own business? Do you want to be a coach? Start utilizing and putting that and incorporating that into your social media strategy. So social media has definitely changed the scope of work when it comes to athletes, you know, building building their brand and things like that. So... I mean, I could go on and on, but we got more questions to go
0: through. I love it. I love it. Uh, Such great insights. You know, one of the things um, specifically with social media is think of it as your own digital real estate. You're taking small pieces and you're investing in yourself, your brand, over time. And then the people that want to find you, now they can because you've consistently put that out about yourself over time online. So that you know, whether you wanna start that business and there's customers that need to find you, or you wanna work at a particular company, or you want to do certain things, uh, they can now find you because you've built that digital trail of who you are um, online. So can we talk a bit about the creator economy in general? So broader than just social media, um, because each of you and your companies contribute to this economy in, in so many different ways. And with COVID, and now a digital first world, the creator economy is now the center of everything, right? Versus like, you know, certain small companies kind of owned the creator economy uh, for the world and how people got their content. Now, every person with a mobile device and an internet connection can contribute to this economy. Can you talk a little bit about what your companies individually do to contribute to the creator economy?
1: So what I like to tend to do with my company is, you know, getting these athletes involved. Um, one of the things I didn't mention earlier, I'm also in the property management field as an assistant property manager in a, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And when the regional manager had found out that, you know, I, I do some work with social media, she asks, well, you know, what are some of the things that people are looking for when they're looking for an apartment? You know, what are some of those hashtags? You know, what are some of those key words that they're putting in the search engines? And you know, just having me to give insight of what they're looking for has definitely, we have definitely seen a growth, a growth in prospects coming in looking for an apartment. Um, and I just think it's very important that if you're working with a company to let the, you know, let the employer know, let your boss know, because, you know, again, I'm not telling my age, but, you know, when you have fresh eyes and a fresh perspective on social media, it can definitely, you know, bring some success to the company.
0: Great insight.
2: Um, I think it's a great question. You know, um, being a content creator, I think, is very important. You know, I'm a very spiritual, spiritual person first, and I think, one of the things we all as humans do is we create to advance society, advance life, whatever that is. But being a creator in business or with content gives you a, a sense of joy. You know, after I got done playing, you you kind of find yourself a little empty because it's like I can't go out and create happiness for somebody with my skill set. But you can do that with content. And I think it's huge. And for me and my company, um, I have a media company called Players U Media Group. And I have a, a business partner who's here who also has Underdog Productions who already created short films, showing guys like the insights of being professional athletes. For us with Players U, it's about, you know, uniting and educating players through business, sports, media, and entertainment, you know, from the player's perspective for the players. So, you know, we're working on building that right now and just bringing all of the connections that I have across the world with different athletes in different countries and general managers and telling these stories because most people aren't going to travel outside of the United States, and if they do, they aren't want to live there so we're we're aiming to just bring more content from that side of things ins and out of the business what it's like to live in France and play basketball, you know what it's like to go to Salt Lake Community College or play for u s c you know we want to do continue to do more of those things and tell those stories incredible love that come on the platform um, <clears throat>
3: so yeah, we, we're, the, we're the picks and shovels of the creator economy, the toolkit, um, kind of powering the creator economy specifically for video creators. So um, I think a lot of people don't know that, I mean, a media company like ESPN, there were 8,000 people. Um, and so we're assisting you with how do you build a business behind your videos? Like anyone can post a video on TikTok or Instagram But when you actually wanna monetize and build a business around videos, that is when you kind of encroach into being a media company. And so it it takes a lot, right? Like I mentioned 8,000 people working at ESPN, from brainstorming content, to recording it, to editing it, to monetizing it, to packaging it up, to distributing it, to insights, and being able to sell that back for higher packages. It's an entire content lifecycle that actually takes a lot of time. And if you're one individual content creator or a niche media company of two to three people, that like who has the time? And so that's why we exist. Um, free editing, music licensing, monetization for your own ad reads, just like podcast ads. Our creators don't even talk to the brands. Like we're not influencer marketing. We match brands to videos and then you just put ads inside those videos and then distribute. YouTube or whatever channel you have and then we're just debiting the brand and it shows up into your bank account. So it's fully automatic, seamless process Um, and just us assisting content creators at the end of the day. I mean we start with them at editing right now but we're launching crews so if you want to find a videographer or an editor we'll have that as well and then brainstorming and financing which is kind of what we're doing post series A so yeah that's how we're contributing to it. We're growing creators. I love it, I love it. So don't, can y'all hear me? You can, okay good.
0: I love it, I love it, I love it. So if you need help with building out your brand or finding what to do and how to do it, you know exactly who to reach over there, Madame JQ. Um, If you want some examples of how to leverage your brand or where it's been done before and examples, um, Amandarian obviously can help there. And then if you are like, okay, I've got to figure out how to monetize this content that I've created, obviously Quick Cure Story with Tiff uh, can certainly help you. Oh yes.
1: And along with that, I hear so many people say, oh, I don't know what to put on social media. You are the content. It's so easy to scroll through your timeline and find inspiration. Like I tell my athletes, if you're in the gym, take a quick video of a new move that you just you know, learn with your trainer and try to come up with a strategy. I know it takes a lot of time, the editing, being the, I mean, it just, it takes hours. Mm. Just to get, give you guys some insight, Sundays is my content day. Before I go to church, 8 o'clock in the morning, w- <laughs> whether it's cold yeah. or hot outside, I'm outside with my ring light and I'm doing TikTok videos. So it's all about just building a strategy and being organized. And then once you put that in place, trust and believe me, it's gonna be a game changer for you.
0: Yeah, such, such a good point.
3: Yeah, I know. That's a really good point. Like, brain, brainstorming videos. We're, we're on an NCAA roadshow right now, and um, we're the only creator economy company that's actually allowed to, to go to schools right now that don't have official relationships with the schools. And it's just been so eye-opening, because, I mean, every student-athlete raises their hands that they want to capitalize on NIL, and then all of them raise their hands that they don't know how to do it. And... We spend like 10 to 15 minutes on a section of just creating content, and it's, hey, if you guys want it, I can send the packet to you, but it's like a 15 to 20 page packet of just like ways to brainstorm video ideas, like a mind map, Um, and it's really just the intersection of what you're good at, um, what's missing and the content that you're watching currently on social media, because then the content that you put out is gonna fill that void, which is how people will come interested and go to your page to watch that content. Um, And then what inspires you at the end of the day too? I mean, I feel like it's so easy for student athletes to do, well, here's a day in the life. Um, But I mean, you guys have other passions too, like cooking or real estate or financial wellness. Like there's so many things that you could honestly be talking about. So um, yeah, just to your point on just brainstorming. Very, very important, very important. Okay, we gotta open this up to some questions.
0: Um, We've got just a few more minutes and then we'll close out with final words from each of you after the questions. So any questions for the panel? Yes.
3: question. Wait, what was the first part of that question? I mean, post, po- po- we say post every day, but. Yeah, I mean, we tell our creators, I mean, obviously it's, best to post every day just for the algorithms because they kind of de-rank you. If you're not posting every day. Um, I don't know. I feel like with the negative comments, just I know you can on YouTube, you can kind of turn some things off, but maybe flipping some things around, posting positive content around some of the things that are probably said. Um, but it's tough. I mean, we our customer success managers are working with our creators day in and day out. I mean creator burnout's a real thing as well, which we're also trying to solve for too um, for this raise as well. But yeah, no, I think that's what I would say. And then also to the relevancy, try to post every day just because of the algorithm. You'll be going up and down.
2: I think um, you know, to, to answer that question, it's really about like finding your target audience you know, in building narrow and deep there instead of trying to build wide and shallow. Because at the end of the day, like, somebody's always going to have something to say. But if you're speaking to the right people, you know, you're going to get your point across. You kind of got to think of, like, artists. Every artist doesn't make music for every genre. But people that are buying tickets, buying merch, coming to shows, supporting their business are the ones that are listening to what you're trying to say. You know, I think about, like, a like a Nipsey Hussle, you know, rest in peace, who who was a big influence in my life. His music wasn't for everybody, but his impact was so big because he spoke directly to the people that needed to hear. He didn't care about everybody else. It was like, hey, I'm talking to Darian right now. We talking about the marathon, we talking about this, we talking about that, and he just stuck right there. And once he found his niche, he went as deep as he could there and didn't worry about everything else.
1: The negative comments. Whew, okay. So, of course, we're all going to get them, right? But I come from a customer service background, so I try to be very, you know, professional and answer all positive and negative comments. Um, recently, well, not recently, back in July when they wrote out NIL, I had a few coaches that didn't agree with my perspective on young athletes building their personal brand. Oh, we want the athletes to focus on their, on their sport. They don't need to be focusing on, you know, building a business or a brand. So what I did was I took the conversation to my DMs because I'm an open-minded person. I want to hear why do you feel like these young athletes should not prepare life after sports. And so that way we can have a dialogue. Um, So, yeah, you're going to have those negative comments. Just remain professional. Answer the negative comments as well. Um, And as far as how often you should post on social media, I don't post on social media every day. I don't, you know, push athletes to post on social media every day, but that's where the social media content strategy calendar comes in. You know, find a day where you can batch content for that month. Now, of course, if there's a new trend audio or new dance TikTok that you want to incorporate into your social media calendar, then do that. And that's how you stay relevant. Uh, but you're gonna burn yourself out if you feel that you have to post every single day. Sometimes you just need to sit back, reevaluate, find inspiration, and then go from there.
0: Such good insights. And, and do remember, again, to the point of you can prepare. So you can set out time to be able to plan your content in advance, be thoughtful about your content. If you're informing people, be data-driven about your content. Um, but use, use preparing as an opportunity to where you don't necessarily get burnt out and can still consistently engage with your, with your audience. There was somebody who put a quote out that said, um, it's much better for you to be consistently good than inconsistently great. So don't come and give me this awesome post once and I never hear from you for three months, right? Give me just okay not great quality video, but I know every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I can see that post from Reggie, and I'm going to be able to hear from, what's his day like as an athlete? Or what's his day like as a previous athlete turned tech sales rep? Every Monday, Wednesday, or Friday, even if it's a shitty video, be allowed to curse on here. if it's a shitty video, but I can hear his audio, and I, I can get that experience, and I know when I'm going to get it consistently, right? So consistency is much more important than, you know, posting once in a while just to say you're posted. Right.
1: And I feel like, I'm sorry, and I feel too that people would take you more seriously when you're showing up on social media. I know for me, you know, even though I work with young athletes, I'm also working with parents. And when I'm putting content out there and educating them, it might be a piece of information that they didn't know, but when they scroll across their timeline and saw JQ Sports PR in red, X, Y, and Z, oh my gosh, I never knew that. So now they're gonna be expecting me to post, not every day, but they're gonna be looking for my content to help them throughout the recruiting recruitment journey. And I know for me, honestly, my parents, they put three girls through college. We all played college basketball. My sister's here, she played at Murray State. And they didn't know where to start with me. They didn't know anything about an athletic scholarship, going to play ball for free. So that sticks in my mind when I'm putting myself out there on social media because it's so much information and these parents are busy, you know, they're parents. They don't have, you know, hours in the day to go to multiple platforms or websites to gather information. So if they can say, well, I know JQ, she posted something insightful on her Instagram or her Twitter, let me go to her her page really quick. So just showing up consistently is gonna definitely help your business.
0: Love it, love it. Any other questions? Yes.
3: You. Yeah.
0: Mm, great question. Now, yeah. yeah. What what's the saying? Um, I'm forgetting who said it. That like the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago or something like that, and like the second best time is right now. Right, So, I mean, the algorithms are the algorithms. They will also catch back up if you start getting more consistent, right? So it's not like you're docked forever. Um, but, you know, just start and then take each step by there. Would, would you agree? Any other comments?
2: Yeah, I would agree. I would just say, you know, start now. Um, end of the day, you can only do it what you have. You know, we're all here for a reason. I think for a lot of us, today it could be that start. You know, so start now would just be consistent, just like I talk to my guys that are still playing. It's like, don't wait till your career's over to start making connections and building a resume and building content and making calls. Do it now, you know, the best time to look for your next job is when you currently have one. So kind of take that mindset into other things. Great point, yes. boy always try to at least take it off my phone for a little while. So how do you guys manage social media
0: but then at the same time productive? Oh god. Y'all don't want me to answer this. <laughs> so, I'm
1: a I've been in that position before where I'm supposed to be getting inspiration on creating my my social media content and then an hour goes by and I haven't came up with anything. I'm I'm just very good at organizing and prioritizing what's important. So I know social uh, Instagram or TikTok, I think, has a set timer. Like if you've been on the app for too long, it'll tell you, do you wanna take a break or something like that. But even if you do that yourself, you know, you say to yourself, okay, for the next 30 minutes, I'm gonna go through my social media content. I'm gonna respond to my comments, respond to my DMs. And then the next 30 minutes, just solely scroll through, so that way you can create your own content. But I would say, before you jump on that platform, come up with a timeline, because you can't get lost in the sauce, right? And the next thing you know, you haven't come up with any content, and you feel like, dang, I just wasted an hour, and I haven't been productive at all. So definitely, you wanna set that timeline, You know, stick with that, and just you know hold yourself accountable.
0: Preparation, preparation, love it. My goodness. We've gone through so much. Oh my goodness. Wait, before I close out, any last questions? Sorry. Okay. Okay, good. Thank you so very much for taking this time. Gosh, your thoughts on authenticity and being yourself, your points on financial literacy and how important that is to backing your brand so you feel you have the space to be yourself, and um, your conversations around, look, there, there's the data out there, and. Uh, leveraging the algorithms and know that there are systems out there to help support you. So appreciate you sharing all that you have around your personal brand. Anything that each of you in just a few words would want to leave this crowd with.
2: Yeah, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm with the Carthorn group. I'm the founder and CEO, consultant, sports manager, and advisor. Um, I I definitely want to leave you guys with two things, you know, consistency leads to currency and build a team, build a team at your level. You know, you don't always have to go up. You don't have to go down, build, with people across the board so you don't get overwhelmed as much. Delegate as much as possible and, and, and do something together. As dope as it is for us to be the boss all the time and wanna wear many hats, like, give somebody a job. You know what I'm saying? And, and work with them. Don't
1: wait, the time is now.
0: Amen to that.
1: <laughs> don't wait until you feel like it's perfect, okay? I know some of us in here, including myself, is a perfectionist, but you never know who needs your content. You never know who needs to see a a video of you dancing, you know, just to make their day, you know, more cheerful. So don't wait. The time is now. Uh, Remain confident in your craft. Don't you know, listen to the naysayers, family members, too. Oh, what are you doing? That's not going to bring you any revenue. That's not going not gonna to make you any money. If this is what you genuinely, passionately love to do, do that. And follow me on social media, JQ Sports PR.
3: Yeah, I mean, just continue to differentiate yourself. Run away from the status quo. Look what doesn't exist. Build your brand around that, whether that's in business, whether that's looking at content that doesn't exist, the content that you're gonna create is gonna fill that white space. Um, so, yeah, just consistently doing what people aren't doing. Amen.
0: My last thing I'll leave you all with progress, not perfection. Progress, not perfection. Just get started. Like the, you know, as I've mentioned today, just get started. You can today. And if you are looking for a role in tech sales, To hopefully make yourself six or seven figures because you can. It's one of the highest paid roles in the United States today. Look us up on thegrowthqueen.com, thegrowthqueen.com. Thank you so much, everybody. Enjoy the rest of the conference.